0: Welcome to a Script to Screen workshop podcast. Script to Screen is a charitable organisation developing the craft and culture of storytelling for the screen in Aotearoa, New Zealand. In May 2021, Script to Screen partnered with the Aotearoa Screen Publicists Collective to present the A to Z of Screen Publicity Wananga. The aim of the workshop was to show the many ways screen publicists can work alongside creatives to ensure their stories are discovered and watched by their target audiences. The sessions were recorded, and this is one of 10 that you can listen to. Each session has its own whakatoki befitting the theme of the discussion.
1: Fangaya katupu kapuowai.
0: That which is nurtured blossoms and grows. Welcome to Personal Branding. In this session, Chris Henry, director of 818 and People of Influence and a founding member of the Aotearoa Screen Publicist Collective, speaks to powerhouse duo Miranda Harcourt, an internationally recognised acting coach, actor, and director and New Zealand playwright, script writer and director Stuart McKenzie, in a kōrero about personal branding and making authentic connections with your own audience.
2: So just to give you a bit of a background on myself, so outside of the publicity space, um, I run a talent agency called People of Influence, and it's a social media talent agency that works with influential talent in the social space. So we're trying to work um, outside of the influencer model, uh, which I believe sort of is a... Um, sort of dominated by those that uh, look pretty and can take a nice photo and actually finding people that have genuine influence and in repping, in repping them for ambassador and brand campaigns. Um, they come from a whole little different walks of life. They come from uh, they're either actors or their radio presenters or their sports people. And this kind of helps me sort of segue into the idea of what we're talking about here today, which is social media. But it's social media on the creative side and why it's important for you guys to be doing it personally. So just as a quick kind of show of hands scenario as um from a professional perspective whether that's through any sort of instagrammy or um, instagram or twitter or linkedin and all of that sort of stuff um who uses social media for that purpose Oh, nice! Almost going to be all very helpful. Now I'm going to run through a few things at the beginning, but I should just do a quick introduction uh, to two of my friends who have come along to join today, coming live from Porniki. We have got the first family of television and film in this country. <laughs> We've got Miranda Harcourt and Stuart McKenzie. Say hi, guys! Um, we're going to be coming to these guys soon because they do an incredible job at using their own social media channels to um, engage with other creatives and, and promote their work. So, um, if you guys don't mind, I'm just going to take a quick moment to. talk about some of the reasons about why we might do it and then i'm going to bring you guys in to talk about how you do it so firstly, I think when it comes to social media, it's really important um, to kind of have a bit of a plan about how you'll take it personally. I know that myself, from a professional perspective, the way that I use social media is in a large part quite personal. Uh, I use it to engage with friends and family and all that sort of stuff. But I do make sure that um, my business endeavours do appear across my social accounts. And it is amazing about how much that impacts us from a revenue perspective. I'm constantly being told by clients or media that people that we meet, like, oh, God, you're so busy. You're all doing such great stuff at the moment. And the only reason they know that is because they see that across my social accounts. So as much as the Instagram is a, um, a nice sort of highlights reel of your life, it's also really good to be able to show the cool stuff that you're doing, you know, the fact that you're here today or do you have just wrapped production on a film or you're premiering your project or you're in development or casting. It's great to be able to get that sort of stuff out. So there's a couple of reasons about why you would want to do it in that regard. And I think the first one is around that branding space. The second reason I think that you would want to use social media is around connecting and engaging with your audience. Now, this is kind of a bit of a case-by-case basis, depending on how you sit against your particular audience, whether the project you're making is directly, whether you're a peer of your audience, or whether your audience is quite different to yourself. It is a great way for you to become part of the narrative of the project that you're working on. Um, The other part is making professional uh, connections. So... A lot of social media accounts, especially Twitter and Instagram... sort of opened the door to getting in touch with a lot of well-known people and creatives around the world. They are just the same as you. They have the app on their phone. Uh, you might appear in their sort of other messages list, but you'd be quite surprised about how many people look through that and might, um, be able to pop in a response. And so the way of being able to connect with them and sort of build these virtual communities can be really helpful when it comes to, um, getting projects off the ground or getting extra leverage on the projects. Um, um, and I think as we kind of go through this session and after we've had a bit of a chat to Miranda and Stuart, we might sort of go around the room because I know there's a few people that have got a couple of examples about that to show that kind of in play. Um, and then the third, the fourth way that I really think is, is, is really important is around being able to sort of understand and essentially maybe even snoop on your audience's responses to projects. Um, I think I said this in the After Dark session last night, Twitter and some social media um, is sometimes known as the talkback radio of the left. So it's very liberal and it's very like, ah, we should be right at all times. And if you're not doing this quite right, I'll jump on you. But in the same time, it's a really good way of just kind of getting a really good test of what people are interested in and how they're going with your project it's also really good to be able to snoop on other people's projects, you know, hopping on the hashtag of of a um, of an international property that you think that your project might be close to or inspired by and seeing what their reaction's about. Like, what is their fandom or their audience, like, really um, engaging with? What is the bit that they kind of, um, that's really getting them going? And being able to see how that might impact some of your either um, editorial decisions or um, directions that you're going in. Um, so those are kind of the key reasons about why I think that you should do it. The other thing that I think that you need to really keep in mind with this is that social media is often one of those things that um, falls really far down the list of, and especially your personal social media or social media from a business perspective, falls really can fall really low down your to-do list of things that you need to do on a daily basis. But my recommendation really strongly is that if you are... Um, because it's obviously social media is all very much in real time, if you're in a like a, in a juncture of your project that is interesting and engaging, you should be really making time like a job to be able to get in there and use that social media moment, um, making sure that you have got, you know, if your trailer is dropping for, for your project, you should have that out on your channels at the same time as it drops internationally so that you've got the opportunity of aligning yourself more strongly um, with the brand. So make it a job diary it, make a plan, and we'll talk a bit further about plans as i a bit further down the piece, but I would like to bring Miranda and Stuart into, into the mix now because these guys do such a fantastic job, and um, should we just give them a round of applause and welcome them to the screen? Um, kia ora to you both. It's great. Right. It's really great to have you guys here now. Um, social media is, um, is something that you guys do fantastically, and um, I really admire how organic and natural that the stuff that you do is, but I suppose, firstly, would you guys better give us a little bit of a take for the audience around how you find social media beneficial from a professional perspective? Sure. Yeah, you, wanna, you, you start.
1: Okay, from, um, so from a professional perspective, by the way, can I, can I ask, is that Michelle Ang that I can see out there in <laughs> the
3: audience? <laughs> you did such a great job in transmission yeah, for us, thank yeah. you.
1: And, um, and so because that's Michelle, I'm going to start by being very specific about a project we've just finished, Transmission, uh, which is a, um, a verbatim play written by Stuart, co-directed by us, starring Sophie Hamilton, Tom Knowles, Tim Spite, and Michelle Ang, and um, Lale- 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 uh Fionati. for fi- you. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Michelle. Michelle starred in the play um, uh, on Zoom, so um, so she was never there in the room with us, but she was in the performance every night, and um, and her performance is absolutely brilliant. So we um, we mounted that show as a little kind of a laboratory season at Bats theatre. Which is a tiny theatre. We, of course, we knew that we would very quickly sell out, and we knew that we could say on our socials, um, sold out season ten days before the show opened. And um, so that was really useful for us to be able to say. And we made sure that we documented our rehearsals at the Vocalmore, um rehearsal room uh, at, at a, an old bowling club that's been turned into a restaurant and a rehearsal room. Rehearsal room. It's really cool, and we knew that um, that people around New Zealand and internationally would love to see the venue that we were rehearsing in. They would love to see other aspects of how we brought Michelle into the play, um, how we lured Tim Spite, one of the actors away from his eight-year career as a builder, back onto the stage. There were little stories that we knew in the rehearsal process people would be really interested in, um, um, above and beyond the content of the play, which is an interview with Jacinda Ardern, Grant Robertson, and Michael Baker, the epidemiologist. And then once we got into the theatre, of course, we documented the um, the transition into the theatre space, and then finally um, on opening night we were able to present an actual photograph of the cast on the stage doing their thing so beautifully. And along the way we drew in a huge amount of interest and intrigue as people are like, what is this project? Mm. We're finding it so interesting meeting the, um, the personalities and following the human journey of rehearsal towards the, um, the opening night and then subsequently the tour. So that was um, uh, based on you, Michelle, and your presence there today. That was um, the most recent way that I have been able to use my Facebook page for one um, aspect, which is um, followed by a number of people um, who are different from my Instagram followers, obviously. So if I put something up on both those pages, people respond in different ways. Um, so I put that up on my Facebook page and then I would slightly change it up and um, and shift the focus a little bit for the way I presented that material on my Instagram. So that would be my most recent experience of using um, social media uh, to a huge advantage for um a, a project by showing a human face. And interestingly, just before I passed to Stewart, we decided that we would only advertise the show on social media. We had a poster, but beyond the poster, the only advertising we did was on social media. In fact we had a um, a guy from one news um, really wanted to do a feature story and we said, no, we don't we want to do that. We only want to use social media to advertise the show and to keep it Keep it pure. Over to you
3: Stuart. Uh, yeah, well, well. actually, I mean, if when we're touring the show, I think we would definitely use the, the guy from um, One News. But actually, the, the season had already booked out, Moran said 10 days in advance, so... Um, Actually it was two and a half weeks in advance, but um, there you go. And um, so, so at that point, we didn't need national media to cover the show. It wouldn't have um, increased our ticket sales in any way. Um, so yeah, we were really lucky that we had a great following on our different social media accounts. I only do Instagram, um, because that's just something that really works for me. I love the conjunction of image and text. Um, so I put my focus there, and I and I use it in a in, in quite a disciplined way. I will only post one post a day. I find that um, when you are posting too much, when when people are posting too much, I I kind of get a little bit overwhelmed by their account. Um, and so I just like to use it. Um, I post regularly at 7.00, seven seven thirty in the morning, and and then I treat it as a, a little writing exercise. I give myself half an hour in the morning just to write something, uh, a reflection on the the day prior. It could be a work thing. um, It could be a family thing. It could be something that I'm reading, something that I've seen. Um, So I try and keep it diverse because, for me, I don't want it to be all about what I'm doing. I want it to celebrate what other people are doing. Um, and and also um, take the opportunity to highlight some of the things obviously that we're doing and, and um, that was great around transmission. But as I say, I try not to keep it too kind of religiously focused on one thing because I would lose interest um, doing it in that way. So it's not purely um, a, a marketing tool for me. It is it, it's a kind of a creative, Exercise in a funny way, and Chris, you'll know this because I started using Instagram um, when we released the changeover, and at that stage, I, I had only maybe eighty followers, and now I have, you know, um, considerably more than that, but not a huge number by any stretch of the imagination. Over two um, thousand. But, but I just wanted to have that that discipline of, of um, getting something out about the changeover. But then I found that it was really great for me creatively, almost as a photographic slash writing exercise to, to do that every day, especially when you're in between significant creative projects. It's a great way of still having a creative voice.
1: And I, and can I say about Sue's Instagram, which um, which I love, and in fact recently uh, Jacinda Ardern New Zealand's Prime Minister, I think you'll be familiar with her. Um, she said to Stuart, because our play, um, uh, the one that Michelle is in, Transmission, is primarily about Jacinda. And Jacinda said, um, do you know what, Stuart? Um, do you know something I do every day? And he said, no, I don't, Jacinda, tell me. And she said, I always check your Instagram. It's just like a little bit of light in my life. Oh, so put that,
2: was, on the, put that on the poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and, um,
1: and when Stuart first started posting on Instagram, which is a photographic forum primarily, you know, it's about images, but Stuart went, what? Oh, I'm gonna buck the, the trend and I'm gonna write. So he would write like sometimes a thousand words. So he writes I, I little never
3: little... write a thousand words. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. anyway. I, I would do a little mini essay, just something that, that held for me. But anyway, yeah. I don't want to write uh, on your breath But
1: some people would say to him, be like, you know, Stuart why are you writing all those words on Instagram? That's not what Instagram's about. She'll be like, I'm not going to stop doing it. So you can just like unfollow me if it's bugging you. And so now um, I'm reading in other people's Instagrams around the world. I'm like, I think this person has been reading Stuart's Instagram because other people are picking up on that thing of, of achieving universality through specificity and... Um, just talking about a tiny thing in their day, going deeply into it, using words on Instagram, coupled with um, a photograph or a series of photographs. In fact, the, the Instagram site that I think is most similar to, Stuart to Stuart's to me would be Humans of New York, um, where you kind of dive into a story alongside, uh, alongside an image. So um, it's a really interesting creative project that he's doing, and it is incredibly diverse and interesting.
3: And, and it's a great, um for me, it's a great kind of... Diary as well. i can I can go back and see where we've been at any particular time. Um, so that's useful in all sorts of unexpected ways, actually. i had to um I had to give an account for our daughter Thomason's, um lawyers about where she was at particular times, finishing. A job and starting another job, and um, I could just go back through my Instagram and say it's such and such a date she started and such and such a date she finished. It was really, really useful.
2: <laughs> that that is fantastic. Now, Miranda, one of the things I notice about your social accounts is um, that you're very good at using it to help get the word out about great news, and that might be for yourself personally or around your family. How do you find that as a as a tool? Is, is that something that's been really helpful to you?
1: yeah. I mean, I, I, something that I hold fast to in my, uh, my life as a human is no kind of a no filter approach. No, um, nothing is hidden. And so, and and we've celebrated that um, approach in a lot of the, the uh, theatre and film work that we've done, where we just go, there are no secrets. So um, I kind of like the, the very transparent naked um, aspect to whatever's happening in our lives as a family or whatever's happening um, in, in my life personally, I'll put it there on, um, on Facebook or Instagram, not in a messy way, but in a, a sort of a thought-out way. I like it to be beautiful. I don't want it to be just kind of shitty and random. Um, so... so um, yeah, I'm very keen to use Facebook and Instagram as a tool to celebrate things that I'm passionate about. And sometimes they're not things that are totally um, about me personally. At the moment, um, tomorrow's Mother's Day, I represent um, Women's Refuge. I'm the Facebook Women's Refuge. And um, and so last year, during lockdown, Davida, our daughter, who's 14, and I um, did a little lockdown video shot by Stuart, um, and sent that through to Women's Refuge and they put it up um, on their socials for Women's Refuge for Mother's Day last year. And this year they've said it was so cool because it's so locked down and so home shot. Um, would you mind posting again, Miranda? So, you know, that's the last Instagram post that I did was um, my Women's Refuge uh, post both on Facebook and Instagram. So that's something that I want to lift up and celebrate, um, which is diverse. If somebody else has got a great opening that I'm really excited about, um, with somebody else who's got an opportunity, and this to be a role. One of the girls that I coach in my uh, my job as a uh, acting coach, she's scored a role and is shooting um, on a film by Jeremy Sonnier called uh, Rebel Ridge. That's exciting. It's it's kind of connected with me because I'm her coach, so I'll put that up on my socials to reach out and celebrate that opportunity for her. But
3: but you'll often celebrate people who aren't connected with you, particularly just something that you really enjoy or something that has moved you in some way. And I really think that's very generous and a, and a and a cool thing to do that you can use your social media accounts to celebrate other people's and oh, yeah, yeah yeah
1: absolutely and and sometimes like last year before the election i got really riled up about judith collins and what a bitch she was being and um uh, and so i I, div- I designed a cheap little thing for myself where i'd find a piece of news and i would retype it and then i would put it on instagram and i'd put a a pink um, Kind of a tint on it, and I and I use my Instagram and my um, and my Facebook as a social media tool for um, to you know to hold up the actual truth in what was going on in our country and the way that the government was fighting against COVID, and um, and I got a lot of pushback about that. People would message me and say, you know, um, what are you doing? And I was like, I feel really strongly about this. So sometimes on that occasion, for that few months or few weeks, probably about six weeks, um, that my. Socialist became a political tool. And then I moved away from that and I changed the flavor entirely and moved into something else. So it it kind of shifts and changes for me according to uh, the authenticity of my personal passion.
2: That that is awesome, and, I, and I've definitely seen a lot of stuff that you guys have done where you've congratulated um, people in the in the wider industry as well as people um, as well as people that are connected to you. And I think that is fantastic to be able to spread the good word and and, and sort of also be able to show to other um, people that are following you and creatives about, um, about how connected you are and how supportive you are of, of the the wider arts. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, I think otherwise, um, social media can be can run the risk of being quite narcissistic. Uh, correct, and so. Um, we try and just kind of reverse the mirror as much as we can.
1: Yeah, when um, actually when uh, we were releasing the changeover, Chris, you'll remember um, back then, I reached out to um, a famous person, um, uh, like a, a, a young famous person, um, to say, could you put something up on your Instagram about the release of the changeover? And um, and the answer came back, no. I was like, that's weird. Why is that? So I checked out this person's Instagram, which I should have done beforehand, obviously. And of course, every single picture on this person's Instagram was of the person. Mm. (laughs) So I was like, right. So the promotional material about some random film um, made by his friend is never going (laughs) to play on that person's Instagram. But um, that was part of my decision to, to be... Um, very diverse and celebratory of things that inspire me on my own socials because I think that that diversity um, really draws people in. And,
3: yeah, and, and, and you know, look, people will use their social media in, in a way that suits them, so there's no kind of judgment around that. And, uh, you know, I think you can be asked to kind of promote other people's work when sometimes it's just not appropriate for you or your account. So, yeah. you know, you, you do have to have some kind of discrimination around that without feeling too guilty about
1: it either. Yeah, well, that, that is a difficult question too because I'll get a lot of people sending me stuff saying, would you put this on your socials? I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I um, That would not be authentic.
2: And authentic um, is, okay. authenticity is a big word and I think one of the things that you've just said that I'd like to kind of push back to the room to, to think about is that Social media doesn't necessarily need to be a photo of your face looking pretty on a daily basis. It can be images of your work. It can be things that are going on in your wider industry or things that you are passionate about. Someone once described to me as Instagram um, can be a really nice scrapbook of life, like if you think about it from that sort of perspective. So when we're thinking about it through the lens of how you would use it from a professional perspective as creators, you know, it can be inspiration alongside um, the work that you're doing and the work that others are doing to kind of help build that sort of mood board of who you are as a creative and a person.
3: Yeah, I I like that idea, but using it as a scrap scrap is that's beautiful.
2: Yeah.
1: This is um, Stuart's um, Insta. This is the last few posts that he's done. And of those images, um, only one of them is of Stuart, and that's because yesterday we had lunch with Dale Dickey, who was in Leave No Trace with our daughter. She's an actress who we Really admire. One of them is of our daughter at the police station because she got beaten up in Courtney Place. You know that was a, um, a post of Stewart's that um, there was ended up being quite a political post because a lot of people got upset about the fact that a little kid uh, got beaten up in the um, in, in the central city of Wellington and nobody did nothing about it. So it can be quite um, uh, rebe- like what he does with his social media can be quite personally revealing, and I think that that is something that that people feel a bit of a little bit of. Doubt around to what degree can I reveal what um, uh, psychologists call the beautiful mess, which is the beauty of other of your own vulnerability, revealing your own own vulnerability on social media. And sometimes people can take that too far. Um, and sometimes they just don't go far enough with revealing the um, uh, common humanity. <laughs>
2: Um, you're obviously the mother and father of a couple of um, quite up-and-coming uh, creative people, uh, but both across um, from an acting perspective and also your son in terms of from a political perspective and a journalism perspective. What sort of advice have you given them as they've gone through the through as they've got older around how to treat social media?
3: Well, they've they've given us advice, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we just we just <laughs> their advice. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, at the moment, Thomason, our daughter, Thomason McKenzie, she's um, in the UK uh, doing a TV series. Called life after life, and, and I think what she's doing increasingly when she starts a project, especially a project which is in a time period where they had no social media, and this um, this TV series is set in the 1920s, she um, will eschew social media altogether. She She's never a big Facebooker, but she'll completely go off Instagram. I know um, our young friend Stefania Owen, another young New Zealand actress, um, she does the same thing, so that um, Instagram, her presence the scrolling instinct, those are things that sh- that Thomason and Stefania want to get rid of in their lives while they're immersively um, engaged in the creative process. And then once they've wrapped on what they're doing, then they will come back onto social media and um, and use it as a tool to to promote the things that they're interested in for Thomason so they can, for example, the New Zealand charity, or to promote their project. But it can be a, um, a fraught space for... Um, for young creatives,
3: especially, I think when you're in the middle of a big project like Thomason is, then it becomes a, a distraction from the from the work at hand. So, you know, I really celebrate the fact that she's good enough now to pick it up, use it when when it suits her. And to put it aside when it's um distracting or destabilising or whatever it might be. Yeah.
1: and that's the advice that Thomas and, and Peter, our children, um, give to us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Enough for <laughs> the social media, mum and dad.
3: <laughs> well, no, they, they don't say that because I, because they can see that for us, we, we're using it in quite a disciplined way. And it's, as I say, you know, for me, it's like a um, a writing exercise or a visual exercise that I that I um, pursue once a day.
2: Absolutely, and I think that kind of going back to the idea of treating social media um, in a professional capacity as a job and making time for it is, is really important. Um, one of the elements that we've talked a little bit about that that I think is really um, amazing about social media is sort of breaking down those barriers, being able to connect with people internationally. Um, have you found through social media that um, it has opened the door to you being able to speak to international talent?
1: Absolutely. through um, I, I'm an acting Coach, that's my job, and through social media, particularly over lockdown where everyone had to fall upon Zoom as opposed to working in three dimensions, um, my client base has absolutely um, grown and developed uh, because people have started following me on social media. During lockdown last year, um, when we returned on uh, March the 20th, the day the borders closed in New Zealand, we came back to New Zealand and spent two weeks in, um, in self-isolation at the very beginning of this whole thing. Um, Stuart and I decided that we would do a two-minute video per day through our two-week lockdown, and we made 14 little two-minute um, videos about um, uh, the ideas that I bring around Acting coaching, and they were very successful. Like yeah, yeah, they were really surprisingly yeah. successful around the world, um, and they've continued to build because so many um, actors and creatives are in lockdown.
3: And, and, and we just shot them on on our phone. It wasn't we didn't have high production values around it because we just didn't have access to that those kind of um, that kind of facility. So we shot it in Miranda's office on phone with the Central sound from light. phone, and and actually people really responded to that kind of um, aesthetic as well. I think. Yeah.
1: And then, and from that, um, Chris, I've been able to um, to develop a Substack account, and um, and that Substack account, which is not that it's um, social media because it's a subscription uh, platform, but um, but that Substack account, which has now become very popular around the world, um, that would never have happened if it wasn't for those videos, and if it wasn't for the um, the global demand for content and inspiration at a, a tough time,
3: and and also just for the the discipline of putting that together, because when you have a Substack account and people are subscribing, you give them um, a piece of writing or, or an essay, you know, once every however long. So for Miranda, it's every two weeks she'll post another piece of writing about acting, coaching about acting, and that becomes a discipline, and you really mm. you really fulfil the disciplined nature of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, also, you know, that's, a, that's another great example of how social media is also used to um, to push towards additional revenue sources and, you know, finding other ways of of, of um, re- uh, putting revenue towards the different work that you're doing. Um, I suppose my kind of last question for you guys before we kind of throw to the floor because I'm sure that there'll be some questions is, I think there's lots of great um, creatives around the world that are using social media for for a good purpose. And I haven't prepped you on this, so this is going to be straight at the top of your head. But who do you both think is is doing a really great job at, at using their social media accounts um, to spread their creativity and, and, and I suppose, be able to kind of push forward future projects. Mm.
1: Well, I, I, I'll kick off okay. um, while you sure. have a thing. Um, I don't know whether this is quite the answer to your question, but I think that uh, I follow two accounts, History of Cinema, which I love because it just gives me a tiny little jewel um, several times a day of cool things to think about and look at and go, oh, I must watch that. So History of Cinema is something that I, um, is a social media account that I follow um, enthusiastically, and also La Femme Merveilleuse, um, and I'll have to find out what the, um, if you look up La Femme La Femme Merveilleuse, which is French for the marvellous woman, um uh, that person, whoever that person is, whatever his or her name is, they um, are very politically engaged from a creative perspective, celebrating the world of photography, but also um, lifting up Jewish history. And um, I came upon La Femme when Thomas was shooting Judge a Rabbit, because I thought it was a really great way for the kids in Judge a Rabbit to experience aspects on Jewish history, particularly the Holocaust, in a, um, a way that was. Um, open and accessible to 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds, which were the age gr- um, group of the, the kids who were in that in that film. So, so th- they have um, um, social media accounts that I follow every day. But also, I think that um, Nicole Kidman, someone who I um, I work with, Nicole has got a great relationship with her social media. Sometimes it's to promote the undoing or Nine Perfect Strangers or whatever. Sometimes it is to wish happy birthday to her sister. So Nicole um, has got a professional relationship with her audience, but then also her personal life will come in and then she'll go back to the professional and you get this kind of breathing energy um, between those um, those two elements of her life.
2: It's a great
3: example. Um, And for me, I I follow a number of cinematographers, um, directors, writers, photographers. One of the accounts that I really love is a photographer called Peter Black, who's a New Zealand photographer. He was one of the... I think he was the first... Photographer to have been purchased by the, the then National Art Gallery, now Te Papa. But he runs a beautiful account where every day he posts another one of his uh, wonderful images. He does a lot of great street photography. Um, I'm very interested in contemporary art, New Zealand and internationally. So I follow a number of art museums, but there's a... Um, uh, a wonderful artist called John Ward Knox, who I think runs one of the best Instagram accounts around. Um, So I follow him very closely. He's a New Zealander. He's a New Zealand artist. He's based down um, close to Dunedin. Um, Humans of New York is an account that I've been following for the longest time, and I'm sure you guys do as well. Miranda and I have done a lot of verbatim work and a lot of kind of... um, Uh, theatrical biography work and flowers from my mother's garden biography of my skin. Um, So that verbatim quality of Humans of New York is something that really moves and inspires me. So, you know, all all over the place, there are, you you know, I I use Instagram as as an inspiration so I can check in what other key creative people are doing who inspire me in some ways. And it's great for photography. You know, it's great to see the, the work that um, uh, contemporary photographers are doing.
2: Amazing. So there's a couple of examples in the room of a few things that are happening at the moment that kind of play back to our things. So I'm going to talk, ask a couple of people to speak, and, Miranda, Stray, I'd love you to be able to, to, to jump in and, and thoughts on this. Um, Courtney was kind of going first. One of the things that we talked a little bit about at the beginning was how you can connect with people um, from all over the world through the use of social media. And, Courtney, I wonder whether you might be able to share something from your experience around how social media and... Just sort of sliding into the DMs, so to yeah. speak, and being the official.
4: Yeah. Professionally sliding into the DMs. Um, kia ora, how are you guys? Good. Um here. Yeah. Hi, hi. Um, this is Courtney. I'm actually working with Dale at the moment. So I noticed that, Stuart, on your on your
3: Instagram. Oh, how yeah, great yeah.
4: is she. Yeah, anyway. She um,
3: is such a sweetheart. She's beautiful.
4: I know. Great. I know. I'm great. so I'm so glad because I loved her as an actress and now I love her as a person. But um, <laughs> So I, I got to see this amazing film called Honey Boy at Sundance in 2019. And I posted it. I posted uh, the director, Alma Haral, and said something about, like, my new idol. And she liked it. And I was like, ooh, okay. We're going to start talking. Um, started talking to her. So that was 2019. We've kept in touch. She helped me find... Um, I was making a documentary actually over lockdown where we were following DPs from around the world um, and I was producing it and I wasn't getting a lot of diversity in the DPs. They tended to be white males and she runs a platform called Free the Work uh, which is about underrepresented crews and she pointed me in the direction of three DPs that we got um, who were massive and amazing and yeah, and her and I have have since kept in touch Said things like "would love to work together," you know, that kind of thing. She's given me her lockdown list of movies, so that was like literally sliding into the DMs um, to a filmmaker that I really, really admired from afar. So,
2: thank you, Courtney. I think, and I think that, that is a, one of the ways. One of the ways that can that can totally work. And and I'm sure that um, have you been have you guys had experience of people sort of coming and getting in touch out of the blue with you, and then you being able to be helpful in their creative journeys. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh, actually, it was the relationship um, that I was kind of building with Jacinda Ardern on Instagram through DMs that allowed us to kind of move into interviewing her for transmission as well. So, um, so that was really helpful for us. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah.
1: And and for me, I um, established a relationship on Instagram with. some people in Bollywood, and, um, and now I'm working as a coach on a movie via Zoom um, in Bollywood. So, yeah, absolutely, those connectivities can really pay off. But you have to be careful too because you've got to go, is this just um, a random weirdo or is this a fruitful relationship with another human being?
2: absolutely definitely buyer beware but it is great to know that that sort of thing is, 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 is possible the other example I was keen to bring up So um, Max and I who know each other um, before this we play in a um, rugby team together um, Max as you guys will know through various conversations today is the uh, director of Rurangi who um, has had some great success stand up Max and um, Max is um, recently finding some um, some internet fame due to his role on the upcoming RuPaul's Drag Race, and um, has had quite a bit of internet uh, kind of coverage around that. And we've been talking about how best to make hay while the sun shines in terms of making sure that the audience that he is generating through this television show and coming to his social media then roll through um, into his projects that he's working on. So I'm not really sure if you have a response back to that or I just think it's a, a prime example of something that um, could be used in that professional space. Yeah, I,
5: I guess um, maybe, I mean, everyone's sick of me standing up, but there's, <laughs> I'm in the middle of a, of a crisis of opportunity um, and I guess... The best way to give it context is uh, on uh, Saturday. Um, I had eight pictures on my Instagram account that's been there for five years, and like a couple of hundred followers. And like today, there's like three thousand nine hundred, um, and so many messages from from people that from wanting to give me stuff, to pose naked for them, to draw pictures, um, <laughs> and. Um, and but I mean, do, uh, do
3: you do you, know,
5: do you know do you know what RuPaul's Drag Race is? And the oh yeah, yeah okay. So the pit crew, yeah, um, we stand around in our underwear. And um, I mean, the important thing for me is Rulangi and this 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 you know, which is the product of the, of New Zealand's gender diverse community who have sacrificed so much, and now it's you know, yeah yeah okay yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, She's across it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and, and so I, I mean I I'm just figuring out like how to um, turn this into an opportunity uh, for the show because there's this weird disconnect of like the people coming to me want to see me in my underwear um, and I want want the, but there is this overlap because it's it's the queer audience right and there's been yeah. this collaboration between Rurangi and RuPaul so. Yeah, crisis of opportunity, any advice?
2: Yeah, totally. What, yeah. What's your you thoughts? My
1: advice would be um, because, you know, you, you can try and kind of like market it and find an angle where you can kind of trick um, the the, um, the the drag audience or the RuPaul audience to um, to connect with Rurangi, which has got a different mm. Um Or you could just really be up front with it and say, um, you know, here's what I want to do. I want to connect you, the RuPaul audience, to Rurangi. Mm. And that may not seem like a natural fit, but I encourage you to seek it out and um, and then you should get a pair of underpants and you should um, paint Rulangie across your underpants and you should pose with that and you know um, and, and I love out. this
2: <laughs> idea yes let's do it
1: you know just really um, lean into the mm. fact that you, you've got two completely different elements and you want to find a way to bring them together and then you'll find a proportion of your rootful audience will mm. um, will go you know what you're funny and I like what you're trying to do and I'm actually going to cross over and, um, and engage with Rulangie as well
3: yeah, cool. That so, so, really so using using your natural flair, but also the authenticity that Miranda's yeah. talking about, mm. to, to create a a strong, secure bridge. Yeah,
1: I'm like, speak out your truth, and um and um, it's like you know, back in the '90s, Madonna came to fame by wearing her underwear on the outside of her clothes, and mm-hmm. um and that's what I always think about. It's really interesting to reveal the structure and say, look, I'm not going to try and trick you into following um uh, into buying things from farmers by pretending that um, that my my Instagram account um, is really there to celebrate farmers. Like, I'm seeing a lot of, um, of New Zealand stuff about that at the moment, people who are doing a paid relationship with farmers, for example. Don't trick me. Just say, look, here I am going to farmers because I've got a paid relationship and I hope you'll follow me because it's going to be funny. So that's what I would say to you, Max, is that, you know, you've got two awesome, diverse um, audiences there. Use your sense of humour and your awesome body to... Um, um, to draw people into connecting up those two things? I
4: have social media, but I am not a fan of using it myself. So I find it really hard to create social media content to sort of promote myself just because I don't really like using it. I like to be on it and I like to look at other people's stuff, but in terms of trying to naturally engage with that myself, with my own contact, is really hard. Is there like a few kind of tips to sort of like ease in or things to consider, like if, like even if you don't want to do it every day, just like these are some good opportunities to do it or things to consider to en- engage or start engaging an audience to build that?
3: Yeah, good, good question. I mean, I, I think for, from my own experience and I don't see it and maybe I'm being naive about this or willfully naive, but I'm not trying to use it so much as a professional tool as, as uh, um, something that fulfills and, and is created for me individually but I just think that it becomes easier the more you do it and if you have that discipline of of doing it every day or once a week or whatever then it just becomes so much easier and that's what I've found over the couple of three years um, in which I've been posting every day and there's some some days where I'm you know um, waking up at at six. And know that I want to post something at six thirty, and I don't feel quite so keen, but I do it and push through that. And actually, those are often times when I'm happiest about what I've posted. So, um, so yeah, sometimes just pushing through the blocks, yeah, is, has been useful for me.
1: Yeah, and and um, and I I would say this is. Um, Yeah, I I would actually um, echo what Stuart's saying about his social media is that for him it's a personal diary and sometimes it's a beautiful picture that he takes on a walk along the south coast and sometimes it's a red carpet picture that he might post um, of um, Thomason doing some crazy thing. Do you know what I mean? And, of course, the red red carpet um, post is going to get a huge amount of uptake and interest. And and, um, I guess what he... Uh, what happens for him is that then people will transition from that photo into following other aspects um, um, of what he's tracking that could benefit from some of that light. Um, And that's the way that I approach it too, which is not quite so much an answer to your question, but like here's a post that I did, which got, um, you know, like a, a huge amount of interest. That's a, a recent announcement about a film that our daughter Thomason is doing, and I knew that they were going to get a huge amount of interest. Obviously, it's going to, because it's really it's global and it's interesting and it's kind of a cool thing for a young Kiwi to get that opportunity. But then, um, but then I'll follow that with um, this post, which is the Women's Refuge ad... Um, because i want people to transition from the um the red carpet cool you know thing straight on to, um to donating 20 bucks for the woods refuge for tomorrow for mother's day so i've got a kind of a Manipulative yet altruistic approach to my social media, where um, where my um, sometimes my motivation for posting is to um, to benefit some other someone other than myself. So I guess that's my answer to your question. Um, you could use your social media to um, to benefit somebody. Other than yourself, to spotlight somebody other than yourself. And then slowly, um, if you feel comfortable, then you yourself, your own identity, you might kind of, um, uh, you might edge in. And,
3: and you'll be like, revealing oh. yourself in what you choose to highlight or spotlight in other people as well. So, so um, you will feel kind of less uh, reserved around that over time, I'm sure.
2: The- The other thing that I would add to that is if you're feeling sort of self-conscious around it from a personal perspective, um, echoing what they're saying, maybe looking at some of the professional things that you've been part of that you can start to kind of push out through your social media. Um, Someone else that does a really great job at social media through Twitter is um, Simon Bennett, who um, is a showrunner that's done many years of many different projects and is currently the showrunner for Power Rangers. And he uses Twitter as his mechanism, and he's always tweeting unique behind-the-scenes bits and bobs about Power Rangers and engaging with the international Power Rangers audience about that. And um, that's essentially helping bring his audience up, but but it's also not something that he's doing super personally. Um, The other person to throw a little bit of a props to, um, this might be where you're going, is... um, is Steven Zanoski who was the producer of Shortland Street for um, a few years, and he would often take over the Shortland Street Twitter account at 7pm, and he would give all these little insights about what went on here, and what went on there, and this wall has got this behind, and people loved it. Yeah.
1: And yeah. something else, uh, Simon Bennett, uh, can I just say also? I'm um, sorry. Um, uh, to add to the Simon Bennett thing, Simon's got another thread that, like at the moment, his Power Rangers thread is a strong one. But another thread that he follows is archival photographs of Great New Zealand theatre.
2: Ah, uh, yes. And
1: um and. Uh, Yeah, I really engage with Simon, so I follow him both on his Power Rangers Insights, which I find funny, Tracy Collins, you know, it's great to see um, the crazy dinosaurs that they're building in the middle of the forest, but also I love to follow Simon's um, trajectory where he is immortalising archival footage or archival photographs of New Zealand theatre productions, so there's many threads for him that all kind of DNA together.
4: I think just to add to that with Simon, is that he really uses it as a temperature check for the audience as well. That as a producer of the shows, he's really engaging with it. And he's spoken about the fact that it feels like when you're on Twitter watching a show live as a producer, that it's like being in a theatre hearing the audience's response. So, mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, great.
4: So, that just for producers, creators in the room, that is obviously
2: a way to um, join the conversation. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. good point. Very good point. Is there anything else that they'd like to add to the mix? We
3: we found that with um, transmission recently as well that we were able to kind of uh, accumulate some of the responses that people had because they were DMing us or leaving comments on Miranda's Facebook or on my Instagram. So it's just a great way of uh, archiving some of the direct responses that we had to the show, which are going to be useful for us further down the. I mean. Uh, immediately rewarding in the first place, but they will also be useful for us further down the track when we come to tour the show yeah. so that we have different um, publicity angles for it or when we're making an, um, uh, applications to help the funding for shows to be able to include some of that social media feedback is invaluable.
0: Yeah. Michelle, hi, hi you two. Thank you so much for your lovely corridor so far. Really helpful. Um, this is something maybe for
4: for the producers in the room. If you've got a slate of projects and they really kind of span, you know, like maybe there's one that's funny, but one that's like very YA, and one that's very wholesome and Christian, perhaps. Like, how do you feel like there's a there's sort of like a a way to give light to all of those, or should should one hold off and focus on one sort of? Um, project in one voice so that it doesn't become confusing or like miranda as you said is it okay to have multiple threads and
1: seem a little bit like you're a discombobulated crazy person I don't know. I think that if you um, like, uh, personally, I will find a focus and um, and I'll f- um, I'll ride a particular horse for a, a period of time, and then I will get off that horse and get onto another one, and then follow that journey for a while. So, on my um, my uh, Labour Party uh, Jacinda supporting bent last year, I didn't do anything on social media except for support the Labour Party, and um, and and that was just what I was doing, and I got a lot of um, of as I said before, pushback. But that pushback kind of fed into the um, the messages that I was getting both in support and against what I was doing really fed into the conversation. It got very fiery and very passionate. So I really followed that strongly. And I didn't dilute it by focusing on anything else. Recently doing transmission, I pretty much... Focused on transmission, but every now and again I'd go ha ha ha. I don't think that um, that I'm getting predictable. That I'm only going to focus on transmission. On transmission, sometimes I would just drop something else in. But predominantly, the flavour was different aspects, different flavours, different photographic fields um, on on that one theme. So but, yeah, but I, I, I I wouldn't want to confuse people by following too many horses simultaneously.
3: Because you will also have a kind of an intuitive feeling as to what's going to be valuable for a particular project. It may not be valuable for a particular project and development to put it out there on social media at this time because people will go, well, what am I to do with that knowledge or information? Do you know what I mean? And so it may be quickly forgettable whereas one of the the projects may actually really benefit from seeing the light of day in a social media context at that particular time. So I think you just um, use your own kind of natural sense of what's useful for a project at that point in time.
2: I think the other thing to know, and um, Miranda to keep on your horse analogy, is that depending on where on, on the projects you're working on, all of those horses might live in the same stable. So the idea of if you're kind of taking a behind-the-scenes approach, you can maybe chop and change between the different bits of content that you're posting um, versus sort of delving really deeply into the particular ins and outs of the project, if that makes sense. Kind of looking at um, a behind-the-scenes approach on on a wide range of projects, especially if you're being um, retrospective of, of, of work on your social media.
0: Yeah. The A to Z of Publicity Workshop podcasts are proudly supported by New Zealand On Air's Industry Development Fund, the US Embassy, and Images and Sound. Music for the podcast was provided by Poddington Beer. Fakatoki by Lalena Faunati and voiceover by Gemma Gracewood. Kia ora.